Hello and welcome to the Bike Podcast from The Guardian. Coming up, James Randerson visits Cardiff to find out whether the bicycle hire scheme has caught on with the locals. With the bad weather upon us, we present the ultimate top five things to do to your bike to make those cold, wet roads more bearable. And in keeping with this winter theme, Francesca Panetta and Peter Walker put five cycling jackets to the test and wonder which design suits them best. Despite large cycle hire schemes being a roaring success in places like Paris, Copenhagen and Nice, they've so far not found their way to the UK. That is until OYBike set up 11 hire locations across Cardiff city centre, offering people the chance to travel easily around the Welsh capital. After registering for a small fee, the first half an hour of riding is free, with costs rising gradually to £5 for between 4 and 24 hours. But have locals taken the scheme to their hearts? The Bike Podcast sent the editor of environmentguardian.co.uk, James Randerson, along to find out. I say souvenirs, all your hats and scarves and daffodils. It's match day in Cardiff, and uh, despite a wintry feel to the air, I'm outside Cardiff City Hall. The sun is glinting off the lovely white Portland stone exterior. Um, but I'm not here for New Zealand versus Wales, I'm here to try out. Uh, Cardiff's bike hire scheme, which uh, started a few months ago. Okay, let's have a go at uh, hiring one of these bikes. So, I've come to one of the the hire stations. There are several several available bikes here. Uh, just turn on the machine. Ah, right. So it's okay. Now it's saying loading application. Please wait. Now I've already. Um, I've already registered online, um, and it's uh, and the way it recognises me is by my mobile phone. So it says user user authorization. Place your card on the reader or call me free. Hi James, please select a bike using the numeric keypad on the right. So I've got an option of uh, two bikes here that are attached to this particular one. So I'm going to go for number two. Pull cable now from port number two. Okay. There we are. Right, and we're away. Okay, it's a pretty uh, sort of old-fashioned design, fairly clunky, uh, pretty heavy, a yellow frame with um, green, rather fetching green mud guards, and uh, a very practical, um, oh, sorry, just uh, nearly falling off here, a very practical basket on the front. Now I've got three gears to use here. Um, yeah, I think I need to adjust the saddle a little bit. The, the saddle is adjustable, it's very large and has uh, a lot of padding <laughs> for those who uh, like to be comfortable. Ah, right, it's one of those rip shift gears. Ah, right, I'm now in first. Right, that's a bit more acceleration. It's actually, you know, developing a bit of speed here. Third gear, come on. So, uh, right, have you have you used one of these bikes? No. No. What do you reckon? Would you be seen dead cycling this, or yeah, or I, is I, this I, the height of style? I, I, I could I probably ride that backwards. It's like the style. Do you want to have a go? I am. Yeah. Go on then. <laughs> Give it a try. 
Oh, good skills. He's managed not to kill any pedestrians yet. I'm not sure if I'm going to get it back, though. <laughs> Is he going to bring that back, do you think? No one he wants. He's from Earth, eh? So. Oh, dear, that's bad news. He'd probably sell it, wouldn't he? <laughs> probably. That's in the game, that's now probably the one. Oh, he's waving. Oh, he's coming back. That's a relief. <laughs> so, do you, do you reckon you'd do that if you needed to get from A to B? You'd hire one of these things? Well... Oh, God, it looks like he's going to try out the brakes on a pedestrian. practical, is it, really? But... <laughs> I don't know. It's got a basket on the front. Ah, I suppose. Couldn't carry all the tools in every room where you go, could it, really? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's not the best. We can't wheelie it. It's a bit uh, front-heavy, it is. It's just a bit heavy full stop, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit, though. What do you think of them? I think it's a great idea to get around town, you know, for short distances. Have you seen many people using them? No, I haven't seen many people using them. What do you think? I mean, uh, is it does the style appeal? I think, yeah, it says that, the, that one would probably be a little bit big for me, but I think it's fantastic that it's free as well. Really good idea. I've seen, it's been going on in, in several European cities uh, for a long time, hasn't it? Some of the capitals across Europe. Yeah, so it it's great that it's come to Cardiff. So have you seen anyone riding these things? Yes, I've seen lots of people riding them. I've also seen the um, things on the lampposts, yeah. Um, it's a bit old-fashioned, but I don't mind that. I quite like that. I like the fact that there's a basket there. Put your bag in it, innit? Handy. <laughs> I've come to the end of my journey now, and I'm outside Cardiff City Hall. Um, seems a good place to stop, but what about... What do I think of the bike? Well, you know, it's a bit heavy, it's a bit clunky. Um, but, you know, it's a pretty comfortable ride, um, easy to use, um, everything worked pretty well, uh, apart from perhaps, well, the brakes weren't the best, but they're, you know, adequate. And I think it's a pretty good idea. I mean, if you want to just cycle down to the bay and you don't want to have the hassle of locking up your bike and worrying about whether it's going to get nicked, um, someone else does all the maintenance on it. Um, yeah, you know, it's all easy, it's all done for you and um, although the bikes are pretty hard to miss because they're covered in um, advertising for for the free, uh, for, you know, OY bike scheme, they, they don't have that many higher places at the moment. Um, so I think the scheme's use, usefulness is a little bit limited because people can't uh, can't just go anywhere they want in the city. Uh, that's, I'm told, going to change though. Apparently some businesses are going to put higher places outside their own offices um, and the city plans to expand it. Uh, so it's kind of in a, a, a sort of, uh, well, a bit more than a pilot, but certainly a scaled down version at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see whether it really does take off and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Cardiff could be the next Copenhagen. The last few weeks have seen the UK feel the full force of the grim winter weather. Far fewer cyclists can currently be seen commuting to work as feeling the wind, rain and cold on your bike can be a pretty unpleasant experience. But are there simple things we can do to our bikes to make them safer and smoother in the cold months? Coming up, Fisher Outdoor present their definitive top 5 things to do to your bike in the winter. But first, the Guardians Peter Walker and Francesca Panetta put five cycling jackets to the test as they look for a perfect mix of comfort, warmth and resistance to the elements. How long have these been in your locker for, Peter? Uh, a couple of weeks, actually, to be honest. I've tried out a couple of them, but this is time for the big mass test now. 
So we've got five jackets here on the floor. What have we got? Everything from super light to uh, one that weighs a fair bit, will keep you very, very dry. And everything from £50 to, what, £140, which is quite different. So let's take them out of the bike shed and into the real world and give them a trust. And actually test them out. Okay. Let's go. Right, I've got on Endura Luminite, 74.99. What have you got? Uh, I've got on something called the Montaigne Featherlite, uh, which sounds like a brand of uh, contraceptive, but is in fact a kind of rather fetching, lightweight grey jacket, which they claim weighs only 125 grams and folds down to the size of an uh, orange, apparently. Okay, well, let's, let's give them a road test. Right, off we go. So it's not exactly pouring today, it's kind of been drizzling all day, but, um, well, yours is extremely light. I'm not entirely convinced that the bad weather that we've had recently would not make it through that jacket. I think if I'd been caught in a downpour as I were earlier today, I'd be soaked through to the skin. Even now, with just with a strong wind, I can feel it cutting right through it. I mean, it is incredibly light. And if you're, say, for example, nipping out for 10 minutes, or if you're a lightweight racer and want to just to tuck it up in the back of your pocket, maybe it would work. But you wouldn't want to be caught in anything really bad. Mine, on the other hand, is absolutely bright yellow. <laughs> it is possibly the brightest thing I've ever seen in my life, jacket or otherwise. <laughs> It's really thick. It doesn't particularly fit me, but even if it was as small, I think um, I would look pretty, pretty ridiculous in this. My one concern with that jacket was if you were to ride a long time, it might get slightly sweaty. It feels like it's quite thick. Does that, does that feel that way to you? It, it, it does, yeah. No, it doesn't feel breathable. One feature I do really like about this jacket, though, is, um, well, you can probably describe it better because I can't quite see it because it's on the back, but it's a flashing light that I can turn on, isn't it? Built a, into the jacket. It's a little kind of six-inch LED strip right down to the bottom of the jacket, which would hang over the back of the bike. Um, and there's a little press button. You turn it on and that, essentially this whole six-inch strip uh, flashes and glows in a bright red uh, LED light, which makes this already very bright thing uh, even, uh, even more visible. Great. Well, we've reached the end of this road. Should we change jackets? Go on, then. I've got a lighter one on this time. You've got... A slightly heavier one. You've got a craft make. Uh, yeah, and this is actually the cheapest one on the test. It's uh, 50 pounds, which sounds like a lot, but for a proper bike jacket, it's actually relatively cheap. Um, and first impressions, the first time I bought it on, it actually feels reasonably nice. It, it's not particularly uh, heavy, but it, it's heavy enough. It feels like you would keep out a lot of rain. Okay, and I've got um, I've got on a lightweight green Mavic Sprint jacket. This is 89.99, so quite a lot more expensive. Doesn't actually seem all that different from yours in in terms of lightness but well you've been you've been road testing this one for the last few weeks haven't you i've tried this out a couple of times so i've been riding home from work in the wet and it is actually very nice it fits your body very nicely so it doesn't flap about in the uh, in the wind um, and it has a nice combination of keeping out the rain and also uh, you, you, your body can kind of breathe too okay well let, let's have a quick cycle and see how these feel it actually feels uh, Really, really nice. It feels very uh, snug. It, 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 it's lined with something very nice, which feels quite kind of uh, soft. Um, and certainly compared to the lightweight jacket I was wearing before, it really keeps out the wind. I think it's a much warmer jacket. It's possible you get slightly sweaty on a very long ride, but so far it feels really good. How about yours? Oh, this is fantastically breathable, and if it really does keep out the rain, I'd be very impressed. Well, I rode home um, a couple of times on about half-hour rides, but it was absolutely tipping it down. And I didn't stay 100% dry, but there's only a few leaks, so in, in, in general, I mean, it's, it's, it's not particularly cheap. It's about uh, £89, but overall, I think it's a very good coat. OK, final jacket. I'm going to give that to you, Peter. And this is the most expensive of all the jackets that we've been given to test, isn't it? And it feels astonishingly light when you pick it up. It weighs virtually nothing. Um, but this really is, what, £140 worth of jacket? 
£140, the Gore Path 2 Passer Light jacket. It's got a slightly, I don't know, rubbery feel to it, but that presumably would mean it would keep out the rain very, very well. It fits up nice and snugly. It's a nice bright yellow colour. Looks quite kind of racy. Stylistically, I think this is the nicest one so far. Yes, I mean, you know, it's not something you wear out to a, uh, to a pub necessarily, but it does, it does look actually reasonably good and it fits, fits very well. On first impressions, riding with this, this feels really good. There's a very, very strong wind blowing um, and it completely blocks it out. And yet it feels uh, breathable. It feels like you could ride for a long time. Um, and if it wasn't for the fact that this costs a lot of money, £140, I'd be very tempted to buy it. So it's what, like 60 quid more than all the other um, bike jackets that we're testing out today. Do you think it's worth it? Well, it's the kind of holy grail of bike jackets, something which is waterproof and uh, breathable. And to get that, you have to have some fairly nifty high-tech fabrics like this Gore-Tex one. Um, so it just really depends how serious a cyclist you are. If you're going to be cycling many, many miles uh, in the rain, then it is probably worth the money. Hi, I'm Scott Burris, a mechanic from Fisher Outdoor Leisure. Cycling in the winter can be a tougher experience than milder months. So, here's my top five list of things you can do to your bike to make things run more smoothly. Number one, fit mud guards. Fitting mud guards is an easy process. The idea is that you basically get the mud guard as close to the tire as possible without it actually rubbing. Because the closer you can get it to fit, the less likely it is that you'll get wet. Lots of frames come with mud guard eyes, specially designed to take mud guards. But if your frame doesn't have these, it doesn't matter. You can still get mudguards that are specifically designed to fit these kind of frames. Number two, give your bike a proper clean and lube. Cleaning your bike will mean that things will last longer and that's quite important for commuting season because you don't want to get halfway through the year and find you need to change things. Cleaning your bike isn't as tough as you may think it is. All you'll need is an alkaline base cleaner, which you can get from your local bike shop. I'm using Kaboom. This is my favourite one. And all I'm doing is spraying it on the cogs on the back and giving it an agitation with a, with a brush. As you're cleaning the bike, if you want to turn the cogs as you're going around to make sure that you get all the dirt off, you don't end up with sticky bits of chain or dirty bits of your cogs. Lubricating your bike is just as important as cleaning it because if you don't lubricate it, all you're going to do is allow the salty roads to corrode your drivetrain, which means that you'll be changing it more often than you would otherwise. You can use a wet-based lubricant for the winter months, or you can use a spray lubricant, but these generally don't last as long. It's important that you clean your whole bike, not just your drivetrain, because otherwise your frame could corrode or rust if you've got a steel frame. Number three, clothing. It's important to get the correct clothing for riding in the winter. In the ideal world, you want a waterproof top and a waterproof set of bottoms, and if possible, some overshoes, which cover your feet and stop you from getting wet altogether. Another important factor for the winter is a helmet. I've got this helmet here. On the back is a flashing light to attract attention, so no one's got an excuse for knocking you off your bike. All these little things can add up. The light on the back of the helmet and the reflective strips on your clothing can all help you stay visible in the dark months. Number four, brakes. It's important in the winter to make sure that your brakes are in tip-top condition because Due to the amount of water on the road, your brakes will be less efficient. Brakes also wear faster in the winter months because the amount of grit and salt on the roads. It's important that your brakes hit the rim squarely for maximum braking effect. To make sure that your brakes hit the rim squarely, you can take an Allen key, normally a 5mm one, and slacken the bolts off on the brake, hold the brake pad in your hand, 
and align it to the rim. If one of your brakes is hitting the rim before the other side, you can take a flat blade screwdriver and adjust the tension, which is normally where your brake mounts to the fork or the bike. You can adjust the tension on each arm by screwing in or out the screw on each V-brake caliber. If you have disc brakes on your bike, the setup is slightly different. To set your disc brakes up, you'll need to loosen the bolts on the caliper and pull the lever so that the pads contact the disc brake. Then, tighten up the bolts and that should align your caliper correctly. So the fifth and final point on my guide to keeping your bike in tip-top condition for the winter is grip. Grip comprises of three things. Grips on the handlebars, your grip with the pedals, and your grip with the road. Your grip with the handlebars is important because otherwise you could find yourself sliding off. Make sure that your grips are not worn. If they are, you'll need new grips because you don't want to find yourself underneath a bus. Next, pedals. It's important that you have lots of grip on your pedals because you don't want your feet to slide off. Pedals can come in various shapes and forms, but most on a commuter bike will have some sort of spike that will enable the grip in your shoe to stay attached to the pedal. If you don't have a pedal with these sort of spikes, maybe worthwhile investment. Finally, tyres. This is possibly the most important grip factor as this is what keeps you on the road. You can minimise the chances of puncturing for two ways. One is by having puncture resistant tyres. The second is by having a puncture resistant lining inside the tyre which you can retrofit. These puncture resistant linings are available from most local bike shops. Finally, check your sidewalls for cracks as if your tyres are starting to crack this may pose a structural risk to you and may mean that your tyre may fail. If you follow these five tips, you'll find cycling over the next few months will be safer and a more pleasant experience. That's it for this edition of the Bike Podcast, but you can find out all about the latest bike news and views at our blog, which lives at guardian.co.uk slash bike slash blog. We'd love to hear your thoughts and tips for winter cycling too, so leave comments for us at the same location. That's all from us. Hope you'll join us next month for more features from the wide world of cycling.